This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I am here on location at Trogues Brewery in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Gosh, I have the best job in the world, I have to tell you. And I'm sitting here with Ed Yashinsky. Ed Yashinsky. That's hard to say after a few beers, Ed. (laughs) He's the brewery manager here at Trogues, and he's been around pretty much uh, since the early days of the brewery starting. I just got a tour. It's amazing. And I got to taste some of your basic line. But I wanted you to fill the listeners in because a lot of our listeners are already fans. We have your products in Maryland. But maybe you haven't been here to the brewery. Maybe you can give us a little background, how the brewery started. And then this is a new location, fairly new. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the excitement going on here. Okay, Laurie. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, Trogue started in 1997. We sold our first keg of beer. Uh, We were located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for 15 years, and we moved into a new facility here in Hershey two years ago. Um, This is a pretty unique environment. Uh, Our brew house is located in an open part of the tasting room. So when you walk into the room, you see our brew house. It's a working brew house. You'll see people working on the deck. um, And it's all open and into the public space. Um, We have a 5,000 square foot tasting room, which uh, is really designed to let people come in, enjoy the beer uh, at their own pace, sort of a self-service model. We also have a snack bar in the room. Uh, which we have a lot of house-made food that we do a lot of stuff in-house ourselves, uh, a couple chefs on staff, and we really work hard to make sure uh, the kind of food that we're um, serving has a lot to do with the beer we're making as well. It's, it's about us, things we like to taste, things we like to try. So, yeah, we're, I mean, we're excited for our new location. We're in a 90,000-square-foot facility. Um, you know, being in, beer, being in business for 17 years, uh, our business has been growing nicely, and we're constantly expanding to try and you know make more beer and sell more beer. This year, we're on on uh, on uh, schedule to do about fifty-five thousand barrels of beer. So, pretty nice growth year for us here at the brewery. And that's amazing because I know you told me when you started it was seventeen hundred barrels, and now it's fifty-five thousand. So that's quite the growth. But still, you're an independent craft brewery. Um, I know people are so excited about all of the different variety we have now in beer. We both went to Penn State. We talked about that. Back in the day, you know, it was weird to drink the craft beers. You know, the cool thing was to drink, you know, the Bud or the Miller or the Bush or what have you. Now, everybody has so much interest in craft brewing and the handcrafted piece of it and the variety. I just tasted, what is it, seven here of your basic line. But in addition to the basic line, you have seasonals. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, we're, we're getting into almost winter here. What do you have? You have a porter here that I'm going to taste. Tell me what you have, because I know this is a product available in Maryland. What is the porter and what's so special about your seasonal take on that? We actually are getting into an overlapping season for us. So our, our fall seasonal is called Dead Reckoning Porter. It is available throughout our eight-state distribution network. Um, this porter is actually, I would call Call it a very American porter. We go we're a little heavy on the hops. Uh, you get some nice, nice, uh, nice cocoa-ish kind of uh, overtones from the dark malt that's in it. But it's really about some of that floral notes of the hop coming through that beer. Um, also, this time of year, your listeners will be able to find um, our Mad Elf, which is our Christmas seasonal. Um, uh, an 11% uh, Belgian triple uh, brewed with tart cherries and honey. Um, you know, obviously every year people are looking for this beer. My recommendation is just 
buy it early because it does disappear quickly. Uh, we, we actually did a really good job of getting it out into all of our markets really early this year. Everyone had everyone had the beer available and were able to get into retailers. So I know right now there's definitely a lot of that beer in the market, and uh, I would say just don't wait to buy it because it's it's one of those beers. Buzz beers that people are always looking for and that has a yeah, high desirability. So um, all, uh, the Mad Elf, ironically, was um, a voicemail message left on the one owner's um, phone one night by his brother-in-law, who literally left him a call at 3 in the morning and just said, I got a beer for you. It's the Mad Elf. And a brand is born. Uh, naming beers is one of the hardest things we do. To find a name that's not being used, to be able to trademark a name is important as you build your brand. Uh, so when you get a really unique name, you want to uh, run with it. And uh, the Mad Elf was one of those great name stories. It definitely is. And my other, which is part of your basic line that I love, is the Dream Weaver Wheat delicious and um, the other one that i really found fun is the java head stout that's the first time i've had that and i love it really really good the porter does not i always think of them as being so heavy and like weighing you down but it when you drink it it's not it doesn't seem as heavy as is this just like in my head that i always assume that a porter is going to be like heavy on the palate well, you know, I think there is a bit of misconception on darker darker beers. People have a tendency to think that darkness means heaviness. And in reality, I mean, other than like super big, chewy stouts, a lot of those darker beers tend to be a little, um, their body is not overwhelming. So like I said, we really sort of, that's sort of a very hybrid beer for us because the amount of American hops we put in it is definitely away from what a traditional, say, English porter is. Um, but yeah, I think that is sort of a, a, a misnomer. I mean, I think in some ways, even our Troganator Double Bock, which has a nice mahogany color, um, really drinks much lighter, you know, in terms of uh, it doesn't feel so heavy. I, I regularly tell people who say they don't like dark beers, but they want to try a lager to close their eyes and taste that beer, because I don't think you... You don't associate the color with really what the flavor of that beer is, which is kind of nicely bready, a little bit of sweetness to it. Uh, it's really the main the main taste in that beer. So, yeah, color is not always representative of a big body or heaviness. That's a really good point, and I'm going to geek out for a second. You know, us wine geeks, I call us cork dorks. I don't, I'm not sure what I call beer geeks. Maybe hop dorks, but uh, <laughs> but there was a study done in France, uh, Gil Moreau was the researcher, and basically they tried to see if color had anything to do with your impression and your observations, so they served a white wine to everyone, got the observations, then colored it red, and served it, and they were able to trick both consumers and wine experts, and they would report different observations when it was red versus when it was white, but it was the exact same wine, so color... It's called unconscious synthesasia. When you see a color, you make things up in your brain already about it. So I think that comes into play. But speaking of geeky, you got the things that we can get at the store, certainly, uh, from Trogues. And that's T-R-O-E-G-S dot com if folks want to check you out. But you have some fun geeky stuff that you can only get here at the brewery. And we got a three-part lineup here. So tell us what kind of interesting things can you do if you come right here to the brewery and what can you taste if you come here 
Uh, yeah, well, we we always do try to have uh, special things for people who come come to the brewery. Uh, when we when we built our facility here, we put in a second brew house, uh, a 15 barrel system, which is a lot smaller, obviously, than our 100 barrel system, and that's really for experimentation. So. Uh, we might be trying out brewing processes. We might be testing certain barleys. We might be testing certain hops. Um, but the output from that brew house is very small. It's about 20 half kegs. So when you come in the door, we always like to have at least two, if not three or four beers that you're not going to find anywhere else here. And right now, we're, we, uh, we have a couple. We're sort of all over the spectrum right now. Uh, one of our newest one of our newest beers we just came out with is called Master of Pumpkins. Um, we're really not. We've we've always jokingly said we'd never make a pumpkin beer because we never liked how early pumpkin beers came out. And really, if you wait until the pumpkin harvest, uh, you're really putting the beer out really really late. This beer came out the week before Halloween, um, but we we have a relationship with a local orchard six miles from here who supplied us neck pumpkins, and we literally took. The harvest, the first day it was pulled, brought the pumpkins in-house, roasted 1,100 pounds of pumpkins to make 350 pounds of puree to make the beer. Um, that beer is available here on draft. We also have a limited supply of uh, 750 milliliter cork and cage beer bottles to go of that one. Um, also right now, both of the other ones are pretty interesting. Uh, the, the next one is, a, is, a, is an ale brewed with mushrooms. And we were actually approached by approached by the uh, all all, (laughs) nice Um, all grown within the Pennsylvania border. I'll tell you that much. Um, We were approached by uh, a group called the American Mushroom Institute, which is part of the Department of Agriculture, um, and they're always looking for opportunities for things that are grown here. And um, you know, brewing with untraditional uh, ingredients causes some issues. Uh, I think if you're thinking about the mushroom flavor at first, that they would say, how can that relate to beer? I mean, it's kind of musty. It's certain certain flavors associated with mushroom. Well, we actually, um, they brought in a lot of mushroom samples. We made a bunch of mushroom teas. Uh, we found things we liked. We, we created a blend we thought would work. They... Um, pulverize the mushrooms into a powder so we could use them. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. It has a uh, it has an earthiness to it. Again, it's a porter. It's a darker beer. Um, it has a certain earthiness to it. Again, that complements the flavor of the hops. Not overbearing. Uh, you know, you don't have a piece of pepperoni hanging on the side of your glass to go with your mushroom. It's kind of a more, I'd say, organic approach to how a mushroom tastes as opposed to, you know, what you're used to pairing mushrooms with. Um, the final beer we have is, is, is a Cezanne, but it's a Grisette, which is actually a low ABV Cezanne, uh, 3.8%. And that's, uh, you know, that is totally uh, an experimental beer. We use uh, a mixture of spelt and barley to create, to create the flavors in that beer. It's a really traditional brewing method. Um, and I think it's a nice little, completely different thing, a 3.8% compared to, you know, a bunch of high ABV hop bombs all the time. Uh, this is a really nice uh, twist on your palate. You look at it a different way. And I think there's always a lot of fun to be had on some of those lower alcohol beers where you can really play with flavor and taste a lot. So, yeah, we always try to have something special here, that's for sure. Oh, this has been really fun. And I, you can get a tour or you can do a self-guided tour, which is really nice as well. And uh, I have one more question for you. It's a little off topic here, but I know you're in the beer business do you drink wine? And if you drink wine, what's your favorite? Uh, well, I do enjoy wine an awful lot. My uh, 
my Achilles heel with wine is that I tend to drink it at the same speed I drink beer. So that's definitely not a good way to drink wine. Uh, you know, uh, I've been to Portland, Oregon a few times. I'm a big fan of Pinot Noirs. I also like Malbec an awful lot. Um, I let my wife make all the decisions on what wine we drink. But I do have wine from time to time, so uh, I just I just try to I've I've hope I've sort of mastered beer. I don't have time to even think about mastering wine. <laughs> well, there's an old saying in the wine business: it takes a lot of good beer to make great wine. So we know you know there's love on both sides of the aisle here, and it's been so much fun. Ed Yashinsky. I said it right. Trogues Brewing. If you want to check them out, go to trogues.com. And I'm sure you're going to find it in your local store or at Wells Discount Liquors on York Road. They're our sponsor. Um, It's been so much fun. Thanks so much, Ed, for being with me this week. Thank you. Great talking with you. Cheers.